Welcome to Episode 18 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Today, Keith continues a series of conversations on time stewardship. We have 52 opportunities to influence people for the gospel and for the kingdom. It only seems rational that we would build our schedules and strategies around those 52 launching paths. Welcome to Leadership in Context, a conversation on leadership in the context of the local church. For show notes, email podcast at innerpastors.com. And now here's Keith Tuesday. We're talking about the stewardship of time. Last week we talked about numbering our days and learning to assign certain days to do certain tasks. I think this is especially critical for people who are in leadership in the church, leadership in business, leadership in their community. Because there's a lot of demands on us, and I believe by signing our days, it's the thing that keeps us mentally fresh, so that we're not always acting and feeling busy, but we're we're being productive and we're being fruitful. When someone asks me how I'm doing, I never tell them busy. Busy means I'm not getting anything done, I'm just spending a lot of energy. So I tell them I'm fruitful, I'm effective, I'm intentional. Because that's what I'm believing for, and that's how I'm trying to live my life. Now, especially for ministry, but in business, it applies equally. You know, I emphasized last week that we have 24 hours that are deposited in our bank account every day, and we have seven days. But as ministers, we know that we've got 52 weeks, that we have 52 opportunities to really influence people for the gospel and for the kingdom. So it only seems rational that we would build our schedules and build all our strategy around those 52 launching pads that we have. Now, let me be quick to say that doesn't mean that everything's going to happen on Sunday. If that's the case, then I think you're going to miss the boat. But Sunday's got to be the day that launches what's going to happen until the congregation comes back together. So you have 52 weeks. You have Mother's Day, you have Father's Day, you have Christmas, you've got Easter, you've got Veterans Day, you've got Memorial Day. So that takes you down to 46 weeks right there. And then chances are you're bringing in at least four speakers a year, uh, maybe six, maybe eight, probably no more than that. And that would include maybe some guys that you're trying to raise up in your church. So, you know, so maybe now you're down to 38 times uh, or 40 times a year that you're preaching as a shepherd. Certainly need to be in the pulpit that many times, uh, I believe. So, But even when you're not in the pulpit, that needs to be planned. So as you look at the week, so you go into the office Monday morning, what's the first thing you do? I think the first thing you do is, what are we going to do next Sunday? How do we improve on this Sunday? How do we define what happened? What do we pick up? What do we fix? What do we not fix, what do we leave alone, what do we add to, and you build your week backwards because that is your strongest suit, you're called to preach, and uh, so you've got to be prepared to do that and have everything that goes along with that. Uh, You know, what do you say, Uh, what do you want to do, who do you want to do it with, these are questions that you really need to ask. So as you start to build your calendar, you're building your calendar based on those Sundays. Now, it's always helpful for me uh, to slice things into a little smaller pie. You know, to look at look at not just a week, but look at a month. What do I want to accomplish this month? What do I want to accomplish this quarter? 
You know, how am I going to fit my mission Sundays in? Uh, when I'm bringing guest ministry in, what do I want them to be addressing? Or what season of the year is that going to be? How am I going to coordinate that? That comes from having a master plan. And it's hard to get a master plan for the church and for ministry when you're not building a micro plan for your own life like we talked about uh, last week. So by breaking things down into quarters, I believe that gives you kind of a leg up on where you want to go. And then you start looking at that service. What are all the different elements that are going to go into that service? Uh, Now, we tend to think of functions. We tend to think of greeters and parking lot attendants and Sunday school workers. And those are people that are performing a function, but that function is targeted toward accomplishing something. What is that something that we're really trying to accomplish and making that really plain? And each week, you're 52 times. you got 52 times to improve on something. I want you to think about that. Your sound system isn't good. Your ushers aren't working great. Uh, the worship team is not flowing. Uh, the, the, the halls are cold. The bathrooms are dirty. I, whatever it is, you got 52 opportunities to improve on that. When does that start? That starts last Sunday. That starts after that Sunday, that Sunday night evaluation, that Monday morning evaluation. Now, for me personally, I'm not putting this on you, but for me personally, I could never take Mondays off. I was always so wired and usually excited, usually wired in the good, in the good part. Sometimes I was distressed about something as well. Uh, I didn't want to stay home and pretend like I was taking time off when my mind was going 100 mile an hour. So Monday was an exciting day for me. I was usually up and in the office early and, uh, you know, contact with staff people and things like that. And, and I tried to set my schedule for the rest of the week, make sure it was done, make all my appointments, send my emails, my texts, get everybody I wanted to meet with that week, do those, all those things. And then usually I'd go home a little bit early on Monday, like about two o'clock after lunch sometimes. And that's kind of when I'd crash from Sunday because Sunday was a work day. I'd get up early, have meetings in the morning, preach a couple times, whatever it was, have leadership meetings at night. Sunday was always a work day. Monday was a work day, and then I, I shared last week, then Tuesday was one of my people days. Tuesday and Thursday were my, I want to meet with this person about this, or this person wants to meet with me, but I'd stack those meetings. But in between, Wednesday was my day off. Literally, that was my, and I, you know what I found out? For me, at least, I was actually able to take a day off. That's the day when I'd cut the grass and you know, change oil and do whatever other business I had to do. It's, you know, I might kick back and, and not do a whole lot. I might try to sleep in a little bit that day or, or whatever was involved. But Wednesday was my day off from the top of the day to the bottom, barring some kind of a crisis. I didn't have to worry about things not being done because that was already planned on Monday. That was planned two days ago. And then I was ready to go back at it on Thursday. Uh, that was a people day. And on by Friday come along, I was able to uh, have you know my all my preparations wrapped up. Of course, I'm doing that all through the week, certain segments, uh, brewing on that and preparing for that. Uh, so that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about looking at those 52 days, 52 opportunities, breaking them down. But we need to plan ahead. When we plan ahead like that, we'll inspire people. When we have, you know, Mother's Day and Father's Day and Christmas and Easter and Veterans Day and Memorial Day, when we have, and, and how about Thanksgiving and even Valentine's Day, turning it into a family, see, there are, there are just, those are all possible wins. 
okay, building in baptism days, building in baby dedication days, uh, building in certain celebration days uh, that we want to build into that calendar now and get people focused on that rather than just saying, oh, next week I think we'll do this. Uh, you know, in our, our last uh, series we did on leadership and context, I talked about becoming a missional church. Well, put all your mission Sundays down there. What are the mission Sundays you're going to do? What are the 12 mission Sundays you're going to do? Who are the 12 missionaries you're going to repeat? Well, for us, we usually did six and repeated them. Uh, you know, but maybe we did eight this year. But I'm going to plan those ahead of time. That's going to be the third Sunday, the first Sunday, whatever you choose it to be. And then that way also, when you're bringing in guest ministry, you might bring guest ministry in on purpose to do it on that week, uh, or you might do it on purpose not to be around that week. You just don't want it to be accidental, if at all possible. So you got two things going on that really don't complement each other. I mean, sometimes that happens, uh, but it should be the exception and certainly not the norm. See, this is what builds equity in smart people. You've got business people there. You've got educated people sitting there, and they're watching you, and they're following this organizational plan you have that you're actually taking the church from point A to point B. It's usually not as fast as I want it to be, but at least I know that there's 90 feet between home plate and first base, and I'm 45 feet, then I've got 45 feet to go, okay? And I'm going to keep plugging on that and pushing that and doing everything I can because I'm thinking in terms of those 52 weeks. Where do you want to be 52 weeks from now? Where do you want your worship experience to be 52 weeks from now? Where do you want your follow-up experience to be 52 weeks from now? Where do you want your hospitality ministry to be 52 weeks from now? Where do you want your sound and media to be 52 weeks from now? You know when that starts? Not five weeks before you have the meeting with them. It starts now. It starts 52 weeks ahead of time when you're putting these things on your calendar, on your schedule, getting the attention of good people they are going to be able to help you and get them reserved for that little slice and that little piece of time. And I'll just say this about meeting with people. I think this is a maybe an outrageous statement to you, but I felt like when I was pastoring a church that our leaders came to meetings because they knew there was always a reason for the meeting and they knew I wouldn't waste their time. I just wasn't doing a meeting to fill time and I wasn't going to go into a meeting unprepared. And I think if you have that in your culture, it's a lot easier to get people to those meetings. They know if the meeting's from 6 to 7, it's going to be from 6 to 7. And they know if we're going to discuss new shirts for the usher team, then that's exactly what we're going to do, and we're going to get that accomplished. Okay. Now, let me just kind of throw this in there at no extra charge. Because we've talked about interruptions a lot because pastors get interruption schedules. You've got to discern what is a crisis and what is just a ministry need. There may be a crisis that legitimately that Moses is needed and you're Moses. But chances are a lot of things that we view as interruptions really are standard shepherding, pastor caring. And so one of the things on your 52 weeks is how am I going to multiply myself to have more caring? So when there is a call for somebody that needs help, that's in the hospital or something's gone awry in the family, that there's somebody other than you that can get there when maybe you can't get there. Or they can tag team and you can download a little bit on them so they can pick it up and they can follow up on that. 
A lot of this will work a lot easier, I believe, if you move pastoral care to the top of the list and say, you know what, this year I need four, six, eight people that will help me in pastoral care. I need some women that will visit women in the church and do follow-up. I need some men that will do that. I need some guys that I can call on. Maybe I've got a guy that works shifts. He's available in the day. Uh, that type of thing. Somebody I can get out to meet with people uh, once in a while or as there's an emergency so I don't have to be the person all the time. See, being willing to be the person is one thing. Being the person is another thing because God has tasked you with things that you need to do that only you can do. Only you can lead. Only you can sound the trumpet as clear as it needs to be sound, and that has to be your first commitment. So I just want to encourage you to begin to look at your 52 weeks right now and say, where do I want to be 52 weeks from now? Name the categories, and what are you going to do about them? And how is that vision going to be cast in the weeks to come? Planning out that Sunday service, not just hoping that something happens because all week long you've just been doing things rather than getting things done. I hope this is encouraging to you. It it sparks something in you. You get excited about it because this is the greatest area of stewardship that we can have, and it's a fragrance of God's eternity. Thanks so much for spending this time with me. This is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. Today, Keith continued a conversation on time stewardship. When we plan ahead, we inspire people. Where do you want to be 52 weeks from now? As you answer that, you will find that you are able to shift from hoping something happens to making something happen. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tuesday. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes, or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at inourpastors.com. If you would like more information, check out our website, inourpastors.com. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at inourpastors. See you next week.